The views expressed on this episode of My Take Radio do not reflect the views, thoughts, or feelings of the My Take Radio staff, My Take Radio advertisers, or My Take Radio content partners. Listener and viewer discretion is advised. You think your world is safe. It is an illusion. A comforting lie told to protect you. Enjoy these final moments of peace. For I have returned to have my vengeance. This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. My Take Radio, episode 323, powered by Rageworks, being recorded Saturday, October 31st, 2015. Happy Halloween, folks. I'm your host, Rich. If this is your first time downloading or listening to My Take Radio, My Take Radio is a variety show where I cover mixed martial arts, professional wrestling, gaming, and entertainment. Usually our shows air every Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, and every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Our Wednesday shows are for MMA and wrestling, and of course our Thursday shows are for gaming and entertainment. Usually this is the part where I drop our call-in number, but since this is a pre-recorded episode, we're not going to do that. But got to give you guys um, a couple of announcements first. We did not do a live show this past Thursday because I ended up waking up with a really, really weird pain in my left eye which um, felt allergy-related, but usually when I have those issues, I'm not able to deal with very, very bright lights. So when we do video for the show, we use very bright lights to light the area where I am recording. Um, This is one of the reasons why this episode is audio only and not video, only because I'm still dealing with a little bit of light sensitivity in that left eye, so we should be ready to rock and roll for next week's episodes. But nonetheless, I did want to let you guys know that that was the reason why there was no show uh, this past Thursday, but I did want to get both episodes out for this week, uh, primarily because of my next announcement, but I had to get it out, and there was so many great news I wanted to share with you guys, plus it being Halloween, I wanted to throw some Halloween stuff in there as well. As for my next announcement, the schedule for the month of November is going to be a little bit different now. I've, I've changed a few things. Um, the shows for November 4th and 5th 
will be the last episodes of MTR episodes 324 and 325 for the next couple of weeks. Uh, a couple of reasons why I'm doing that, uh, just because I want to kind of throw myself headfirst into growing the Rageworks site, improving the Rageworks brand to ensure that my take radio can benefit from it and continue to grow. Nonetheless, I'm not canceling the show or ending the show, so please, before anybody sends me any additional messages, that is not the case. Just need a little time off to refocus, reevaluate, and just get my energies in line for the big push into 2016. Now, we will be back in December for, I believe, two weeks, and then, of course, we got all the holidays and stuff, so there won't be shows the last two weeks of December, but, of course, as always... The rest of our team will be putting out great shows. Jay, of course, with the regular season sportscast. Ben with Black is the New Black. And the dynamic duo of Buried, Blade, and Quark will be back with their episodes of the Buried show during the holiday break as well. So with that, I just want to let everyone know that they can rest easy. My Take Radio is not going anywhere. I just feel that after 325 episodes, I needed you know, just to take a break focus my energies on growing the site, getting all the other things in motion to give you guys the best episodes of My Take Radio that we can. Nonetheless, I know that I want to reinforce that only because I know a lot of you guys are going to be concerned about it. So had to had to do what's right and, you know, allay those fears before they escalated and people were messaging me, asking me what the hell was going on. So that is where we're at with that. The broadcast schedule for November, as I said, uh, episode 324 on Wednesday, the MMA and Wrestling Edition, and episode 325 on Thursday, the Gaming and Entertainment Edition, and then we will be off for the remainder of November. As always, though, you can keep up with all the work and all the content that we're doing at RageWorks.net, plus, of course, you can find all the other episodes of My Take Radio, including previous broadcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio for audio versions, and on our YouTube channel, uh, Official Rage Works and My Take Radio TV. Also, happy to announce that we will be bringing My Take Radio and all the shows from the Rage Works Podcast Network to the Google Play environment. So, those of you that use Google Play and Google Play Music will be able to access the show that way. I know a lot of our Android users were either picking up the My Take Radio app for android which you can find in the amazon marketplace for 199 or they were listening to live shows via mixler but if you are someone that consumes podcasts on a consistent basis you know that with android it's usually a little bit more of a cumbersome experience nonetheless i'm happy to report that we will be heading to google play very soon we will put a formal announcement on rageworks.net once that happens all right so on deck of course the week's gaming news, and we are going to get into the entertainment news of the week. I'm going to share my favorite Halloween movies from the MTR Pick 10, uh, which now is the Rageworks Pick 10 that we published earlier today, and I figured we'll close that out, and um, that's it. We're going to keep it short and sweet, so let's get into it and talk about this week's gaming news. Let's get to it. So a couple of weeks back, I made mention of Nintendo throwing their hat into the mobile gaming arena. Now, of course, at first glance, you're going to say to yourself, okay, that means we're going to see Mario or Kirby or Star Fox 
or any of the other Nintendo properties debuting on mobile devices. Well, that's not exactly how it's going to go down. According to Nintendo's recent announcement during an investor briefing in Tokyo, the game that is being announced will be heading to mobile devices in 2016, and it is called Mi Tomo. It's going to be a free-to-play game with, of course, paid add-ons. And basically what's going to happen is uh, Mitomo is going to use Nintendo's Mi characters to communicate with other players, you know, foster communication, and try and increase interaction with people in the real world. Um, what's going to happen is Mitomo users will be able to answer questions with their Mi and be able to interact with friends, etc., etc. So reading this, this feels more like a social media experiment versus a game. And this goes back to what I've said before about Nintendo. Nintendo is such a... People give Apple a lot of shit for being a walled garden. And I think Nintendo sometimes goes above and beyond to try and be a walled garden as well. I say this because when you you look at Nintendo and you realize all the amazing properties they have and all the great things that they can do, they rely on the age-old tried-and-true we're going to do this and we're going to do that because it's always worked and it's going to continue to work. And while that is true to a point, you're, you are your own worst enemy. Think about it. You're going into the mobile space, a space that is saturated with, with games like Angry Birds and you know different games like Candy Crush and all these different puzzle games and platformers and you know really, really basic, rudimentary, run-of-the-mill, easy-to-consume games. Nintendo, being, I don't know, a games company, should focus on leveraging that and putting out either games that have already existed and leveraging it on mobile or creating new new IPs for mobile that people can easily access. Think about it. Who wouldn't want to play a couple of rounds of Excitebike for two bucks on their iPhone or their Android device or who wouldn't want to play Super Mario 2 or Super Mario 3 and pay a dollar or a dollar 50 for it? I think things like that, even though they seem obvious and people are instantly going to say, yeah, well, you could get that stuff with emulators. This is true. But some people aren't technologically savvy. And above all, those games, if they can easily be converted to leverage these mobile platforms, then why not just put them out there for a dollar or two? And, and automatically just take over every app store for every device. Why wouldn't you want in, in iTunes to have your the number one game be, I don't know, like Super Mario 3 followed by Castlevania, maybe Metroid? With the increases in performance on multiple you know cellular devices, it's becoming a, a question of at which point is Nintendo going to wake up and realize that they have an opportunity in front of them to make a completely different revenue stream without even trying. And I say this because you don't think that you could convert or alter a game like F-Zero and throw that on mobile for two bucks and that it wouldn't sell, especially if the graphics are identical, if not better, than when the game was on Super Nintendo. Like, these are the things that really trip me out because, like I said, they're putting out stuff like this that's going to utilize the Miis, and I'm not saying that the game is going to suck or it's not going to be good, 
but it feels more like a social experiment than a genuine game. And if you guys are consistent social media consumers like me, you're going to say to yourself, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Pinterest, Instagram, Snapchat, Mitomo. Like, unless there's something really compelling, you're not going to see yourself jumping into another social media outlet because, again, you're getting certain needs met by certain social media outlets. Like, for in my case, Facebook. Facebook is a, a, a double-edged sword. It is a way for me to keep in touch with friends and family to an extent, but it is also a way to increase the footprint of Rageworks and all our properties. Twitter is a way to get my content seen by a broad audience, but also interact with people that I may not interact with on a consistent basis. Plus, sometimes it opens up opportunities for, you know, guests for the show, uh, people to be featured in columns, etc. So Twitter has its place. Google Plus used to be a viable source, but people people aren't as aggressive with it. And Snapchat, like I said, during our MMA and wrestling show, I'm still trying to figure out. And Instagram is for pictures. I mean, it, it doesn't get, it. you know, your needs are going to be met a certain way. And I think that Nintendo, in an effort to create something unique on mobile, is leveraging a platform that everybody's kind of inundated with due to other services. But again, we'll see what happens. Mitomo will be hitting uh, mobile markets in 2016. Of course, the intention is for the company to release about five games on smartphones and tablets by March 2017. So we'll be monitoring the story very closely if and when Mitomo becomes available. Well, let me rephrase that. When Mitomo becomes available, I will definitely be checking it out and sharing my take with you guys. Switching gears a little bit, I did want to talk about the new games heading to PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold in November because a couple of things of note. First, on the Xbox side, backwards compatibility will take center stage starting with the Xbox One update on November 12th, meaning that any games released via the game, the Xbox Live Gold um, Games with Gold initiative will be backwards compatible on Xbox One. So instead of getting two games on Xbox One, you will, in theory, get five. Now, this backwards compatibility, I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on it in a few minutes. But again, this is something to take into consideration if you are an Xbox 360 owner. Any games you do download, you will be able to play also on Xbox One. So what titles are you going to be getting in November? Well, on the PlayStation Plus side, you're going to get Season 2 of The Walking Dead and Magicka 2 on the PS4. Mass Effect 2 and Beyond Good and Evil are heading to the PlayStation 3. Invisimals and Dragonfin is heading to the PS Vita. And Dragonfin Soup is heading to PS4 and, Place and PS Vita. Which, again, a, fair, a fairly decent amount of titles. I know that Walking Dead sees, the, the Walking Dead seasons are always very, very popular. So I know that a lot of people are going to be jumping on that. On the Xbox Live side of things, you're going to get Numa Breath of Life on Xbox One. That's going to be available from November 1st through the 30th. Night Squad is also going to be available on Xbox One, but that's going to be available starting November 16th through December 15th. Dirt 3 will be available on Xbox 360 from November 1st through the 15th, and it will be backwards compatible on Xbox One. 
Dungeon Siege 3 is also going to be available on the Xbox 360 starting November 16th through the 30th. But again, that game will be backwards compatible on Xbox One. Now, the other big update that everyone's talking about, aside from backwards compatibility November 12th, is the fact that they're going to essentially roll out Windows 10 to consoles as part of a dashboard update. Now, this new dashboard is going to have, obviously, improved speed, improved performance, an easier-to-use interface with the controller versus the Connect. Plus, of course, you're never going to have to go in and out of friends' parties or look for messages to or apps to access basic functions. So there are some changes which, if you're part of the Xbox preview program, you may have already seen. I've seen some of them, and the interface does take a little bit of adjustment but I believe that it's going to get a lot cleaner when November 12th comes. And the thing that I'm interested most in, unfortunately, is the feature that will not be available yet, and that is Cortana. Cortana, of course, is the Siri-style interface that is available for Windows 10 and Windows mobile devices where you can interact with Cortana and ask about applications, uh basic questions like what's the weather like etc you can conduct searches and other neat voice tricks as well now cortana like i said is coming xbox one but will not be available unfortunately until until 2016 i mean if you're on the xbox one preview you can test cortana during the preview until the end of the year but if you've already used cortana on windows 10 you're pretty much getting the same thing Again, the main focus on this update on November 12th will be the backwards compatibility, the rollout of Windows 10 features and functionality, and of course, you know, the backwards compatible feature is something that I'm sure many people are looking forward to because they're probably looking to phase out one of their consoles. I mean, me being an Xbox 360 owner, I I still have a couple of games in my backlog that I'm playing, so I personally am not going to phase it out right away, but if you're someone who's consumed a lot of your Xbox Live games through the Xbox 360 and they're on the backwards compatibility list, you you can make the switch to Xbox One, which they're actually running a really good deal, which I'll get into in a moment. If you catch the show today on, on Halloween on October 31st, you might be able to pick up an Xbox One with four games. I'll get into that in a moment. But the thing, like I said, that I'm excited for is the backwards compatibility. One of the reasons why I didn't get rid of my 360 was... I had a a huge amount of Xbox Live Arcade games that I did not want to get rid of, Um, especially, you know, a lot of the fighting games I picked up, Street Fighter 3 Third Strike, uh, Mark of the Wolves, King of Fighters, etc., etc. I I couldn't part with those games, and trying to find them on disc, uh, we know Third Strike isn't on disc, so that alone was reason enough for me to keep my 360, so hopefully those games will be on the list As of right now, the backwards compatibility list is at roughly 100 titles, but it will continue to increase with more updates as they become available. If there are any titles that you're curious about, let me know, and I'll try and find out for you. If not, you know, keep it locked here to MTR and Rageworks, and I will try my best to get you those titles and that list as well. As I mentioned, there's a pretty good deal on Amazon this weekend. Well, it ends today, October 31st pretty solid you are getting a if you purchase a 2015 holiday bundle you'll essentially get a console plus four games for four hundred dollars 
Now, the holiday bundle includes physical copies of Gears of War Ultimate Edition, Rare Replay, plus you get a download code for for Ori and for, for Ori and the Blind Forest, and you're getting an Xbox One console with a one terabyte hard drive. It unfortunately is not the Elite, but one of the things that they're allowing you to do is also get a free game. The exclusions, of course, are Halo 5 Guardians and Assassin's Creed Syndicate, but you can get an additional free game. So you're going to walk away with four games for free, plus an additional $5 out of the deal. Now, this deal, since it applies to any Xbox One console, you can pick up the console with the Kinect and the four games by buying a different package for the same price. The Xbox One with the Kinect still costs $400, but you're getting the 500 gig Xbox, as well as digital copies of Dance Central Spotlight, Connect Sports Rivals, and Zoo Tycoon. So you're going to be able to get one additional free game plus the downloadable titles as well. So there you have it. Now, again, I'm only mentioning this bundle because for 400 bucks, you're getting four games out of the deal, and the deal expires today on October 31st, 2015. So if you catch the show today, you'll be able to jump in on the deal if you've been looking for a deal on an Xbox One. If not, I will try my hardest to get you guys deals and post them either on our fan page, on official RageWorks on Facebook, or in our RageWorks group, which you can find the link for that in the show notes. Let's switch gears now and jump into some of the, some fighting game news because I'm really excited for some of the stuff that came out this week. Uh, being a fighting game fan, I was excited to hear that Tekken 7 is coming to PlayStation 4. Um, it is celebrating its 20th anniversary. Really excited for that. It looks really cool from what we saw at Paris Games Week. In addition to that, we did get some new updates regarding Street Fighter V, including a release date. Street Fighter V will arrive in the U.S. on February 16th, 2016. You're, of course, going to get the characters that have been shown thus far, plus additional characters, six in total, that are scheduled for post-launch in 2016. One of the new characters that was announced, of course, was a Street Fighter staple, that being Dalsim, who is now older, uh, has a unique, has a nice beard to show that he's aged a little bit, and has a couple of interesting new techniques as well. I think that keeping some of the core characters in the game is definitely cool, but I'm curious to see what other fighters join the fray, because we all have our favorites, as I've said in, in previous episodes, I personally would love to see Akuma back in the game. Who knows if that's the case, but I think that, you know, characters like Nikali or Laura are definitely shaping up to be very, very interesting additions to the franchise. As always, if we hear about any new fighters, we will share them with you guys. All right, so that bit of fighting game news is going to wrap up the gaming edition for this week. A couple of things I did want to say, if you are on PlayStation 4 and you're playing the Street Fighter beta, I'm curious to know if you guys are having as much trouble as I am getting in on the beta because most times it is impossible. If I if I try to log in 25 times, I may get in maybe three. And I'm curious to see if some of you guys are experiencing the same thing. And I'd love to hear any initial impressions you guys have of the Street Fighter Five beta, what you think, what you like, what you dislike. I'd love to hear from you guys. Drop me a line on Twitter at my take radio or at rage underscore works. I'd love to hear from you guys with regards to 
that. All right, let's switch gears. Let's jump into this week's entertainment news and wrap it up for this week. Let's get to it. Right, so a couple of weeks back, well, I, I want to say more, more so a couple of months back, I mentioned that there was going to be a Superman prequel series called Krypton, which of course would follow life on Krypton before Kal-El, before the destruction of the planet, etc., etc., etc. And I had figured that the project was shelved, but turns out that David Goyer did an interview with both Collider and ComicBook.com where he actually said that the series is still a go, it's still in development, and they're just trying to dig through where they want to approach the story from, what visual components they're going to require, visual effects, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But in terms of the show, the show is going to take place 200 years before the big screen Man of Steel. So pretty much Krypton is going to be a historical piece versus something that's going to bridge any sort of gap in the Superman mythos. Now, I personally don't think that we need that. I think that we need to continue to cultivate, bolster, and improve the small screen offerings we have currently, meaning Arrow, uh, Flash, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Supergirl. We need to grow those properties because if you're going to create these TV series that do not tie into the cinematic properties, then at least work to cultivate and create something that people on the small screen side can enjoy because I feel that the the segregation between the two is a bit of a hindrance. Now, obviously, nobody's going to be able to do it as seamless as Marvel has been doing it, but even Marvel has hit its fair share of stumbling blocks. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. took a while to kind of pick up and, and improve. Uh, Daredevil, of course, on Netflix is tremendous, but it hasn't really tied into the overarching... Um, cinematic universe yet minus a couple of mentions of the avengers and a couple of little things here and there there hasn't been any real direct contact but marvel is smart enough and savvy enough to make sure that it weaves the narratives in a way that people that are watching it on tv will be like oh yeah you know i remember that from the movie etc etc versus dc where it's so fragmented you know you got the gotham the universe established by gotham you have the universe established by Arrow and the Flash and DC Legends of Tomorrow and then Constantine, which we, we've come to find out is now part of that same universe established by Arrow and Flash. As a matter of fact, Constantine will be appearing on Arrow this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Check your local listings to make sure that time is correct in your area. But the, the television, the DC DC's television universe is bearing quite well and it bothers me that you're going to do something that takes place 200 years before man of steel and what exactly are you going to try and build on are you going to just tell the stories of superman's parents and zod and and all that stuff i i mean 200 years before those people may not even be part of the narrative so again i'm curious to see what they do i'm definitely going to give it a shot but i just don't think that that's something that we that's going to take off the way they would hope. We'll see what happens. I always, I have no problem being proven wrong, but again, I think that we've got some really good programming now 
that DC should really focus their energies on. On the Marvel side of things, if you're looking for a great holiday gift before we put out our Rageworks gift guide, you are going to be pleased to know that they're going to be releasing another awesome box set for Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase 2. Uh, this one's going to come with 13 discs, and the case is going to be the orb that held the Infinity Stone from Guardians of the Galaxy. And, of course, you're going to get the 3D Blu-ray, the standard Blu-ray, and digital copies of all Phase 2 films packaged in really awesome boxes drawn by Matt Ferguson. You're also getting a gold-foiled page from the Book of the Dark Elves. You're getting a drawing from the Morag Vault. You're getting two uniform patches, one for the Avengers and one for Strike. You're getting a replica of the Tony Stark tattoo from Iron Man 3. Why? I don't know. But in any case, if you're looking to pick that up and you're a collector, much like me and many others, you're going to want to lock down December 8th to pick that up exclusively on Amazon. You can find it on the Rageworks Amazon shop. Uh, The link for that will be in the show notes as well. Like I said, you're going to get Iron Man 3 in Blu-ray 3D, regular Blu-ray and digital. You're going to get Thor The Dark World. Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, Avengers Age of Ultron, plus Ant-Man. And of course, you're going to get the replica of the orb with the, the the Infinity Stone inside. And of course, you're going to have tons of bonus content with roughly 160 plus minutes of bonus material. So again, definitely something worth picking up if you're a collector. Their phase one box set with the Tesseract, I think I know three people that have owned it. And I've seen it once in person. It is a tremendous collector piece. I think that if you're someone that has a nice area to display items like that and you're a hardcore Marvel fan, you're going to want to pick that up. But I also know that the box sets are extremely expensive. So on the Marvel Cinematic for Phase 1, I know people were waiting for deals, which there have been a few on Amazon here and there. And sometimes other people have just hunt and gathered on eBay to pick up what things they want, the Tesseract, the case, whatever the case may be. But nonetheless, if you do want to pick it up, December 8th is the date. You can find the link in the Amazon store on RageWorks.net, and we'll make sure to put a link for it in the show notes as well. Switching gears a little bit, I did want to talk about the Raid remake. We got some new updates with regards to that. If you guys remember, there were... Very, very strong rumors going around that they were going to do an American version of the raid. Now, the raid, as far as I've as far as I'm concerned, is probably one of the best action movies I've seen in quite some time, Um, even though it's a foreign film. You can find a dub or subtitled, but the fight choreography, the fights themselves, the action sequences are they're They're just amazing. It is really and, and it's cliched to say, but it truly is a symphony of violence in any case there was a remake that was scheduled to be made here which was going to be directed by patrick hughes taylor kitsch was rumored to be involved also i believe one of the hemsworth brothers was going to be involved i believe it was liam at one point in any case uh both the director and the actor taylor kitsch in this case and patrick hughes have both stepped away from the project now There's no specific reason as to why they did, but in any case, it puts the possibility of a Raid remake in limbo. So there you have it. Again, if we get an update or if we get any casting news, we'll make sure to share them with you guys. 
on the box office side of things, it's de- it definitely was not a good weekend for films that were hitting the box office for the first time. On the contrary, it turned out to be a better weekend for films that have already been in theaters for quite some time. With The Martian taking the number one slot, earning an additional $15.9 million, bringing its total to $166.4 million. Goosebumps came in at number two, earning 15.5, bringing its total to 43.7. Bridge of Spies was number three. The Last Witch Hunter came in in the number fourth slot, earning $10.8 million. I was going to go see it, but at least three people that I know that went to see the film were not impressed. They were like, you might be better off waiting for it to come out on DVD or Blu-ray or for it to even hit cable, which is crazy because I value these, these people's opinions. And I was just like, damn. Now, that doesn't mean I may not go check it out as a matinee for four or five bucks, but it's not, there's no, there's no urgency for me to do it. So there you have it. Hotel Transylvania came in at number five. Paranormal Activity, The Ghost Dimension came in at number six, earning $8.2 million. Steve Jobs came in at number seven, earning 7.3, adding to its early release numbers and its grand total of $10 million. The Michael Fassbender led biopic about apple's founder has not fared well at the box office i think that we are collectively tired of people trying to tell a steve Jobs story um not to say that that michael fassbender was bad or good or ashton kutcher was better none of that i just feel that biopics are one are something that should be you know done 10 15 20 years down the line when you can really tell the story and and make it something historic i think that doing a biopic about somebody five years or or six years after their death it's just it's just capitalizing on their name i think if if you want to know the real steve jobs you should watch apple keynotes to understand him read walter isaacson's book which i really enjoyed and um that's it i mean don't get me wrong i think that i'm not going to say ashton kutcher's interpretation of steve jobs was the greatest but it was okay. And Fassbender, people say, people that have seen the film tell me that he was he was good, he was intense, but that the film just the pacing was off. The 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 stuff that they were trying to tell on screen just didn't really resonate with people. And the thing is that even though Steve Jobs was an incredible an incredible human being, a pioneer, um, he was an asshole. You know, a lot of people a lot of people they 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 say they don't like to say that, but I I respect Steve Jobs. I respect his accomplishments. I admire his work ethic. I admire his approaches to business, the fact that he took risks. But he was an asshole. He was rude. He was surly. He did a lot of fucked up things. But he also did a lot of great things. And and that's just, you know, the, us as humans in general. But I wanted to mention that because people are like, oh, you know, another Steve Jobs movie. And that was pretty much the general consensus. Like, oh, no, another Steve Jobs movie. Didn't we just have one? And I think that that was one of those things that really didn't compel people to go see it. I, I enjoy an occasional biopic. I mean, one of my favorites was was Malcolm X with Denzel Washington. What a tremendous, tremendous movie. Um, uh, the, ja- the Jackie Robinson with Chadwick Boseman film was tremendous. Uh, the Jackie Robinson film with Chadwick Boseman was tremendous. And um, again, Ali with Will Smith, another amazing movie. And I can go down the list of, of great, great biopics. But again, these are films that they're done, you know, decades after. And 
they they tell really great stories. There's a respect to to the to the person. There's um just a a better approach. Like when I went to see Malcolm X in the theaters, in theaters, I was I was a teenager when I saw it. I went and I sat through three hours and I was just mesmerized by how amazing it was and how amazing Denzel Washington was in the movie. And I went later on and read the book. I read the book that it was based on and it was it was just as amazing as the movie. Now, obviously, Hollywood will take its liberties, which is to be expected. But at least you learned you came away from that movie not only entertained, but you felt that you learned a little bit more about the person. Now, some people may disagree with me, and that's fine, but I just feel that Steve Jobs, he was he was out there enough, and it hasn't been that long for you to forget his legacy. His legacy lives on in every Apple device that we use, in every piece of technology that Apple puts out. It's there in some capacity. And I just didn't think that a, a first movie, much less a second movie, was needed at this time. So the fact that the movies haven't been successful are indicative that people just have no interest in seeing anything like that at this time. Anyway, Crimson Peak was number eight. The Intern was number nine. And Sicario was number 10. So there you have it. Definitely an interesting weekend at the box office. I am counting down for a couple of movies that I want to see before year's end. Um, Of course, my wife wants to see the final Hunger Games, Mockingjay. I've I've gone with her to see them. I don't hate them. I've never read the books. Uh, they're interesting, but they're not. They're not. It's not something that I'm not into. It's just it. They're just there. You know, it's like a movie that you turn on and the plot seems pretty solid, and you end up being sucked in and you watch it. That's more or less it. I felt that the that the first film definitely was good. Uh, the second film. Was, I enjoyed parts of the second film. It was fine. And then Mockingjay Part 1, I really, when it was over, I'm like, really, that's it? Fuck this movie. But some people may disagree. You know, I'm taking her to see that. Of course, Star Wars in December, which I, I cannot wait for. And um, Spectre, I will be seeing next weekend. So be on the lookout for a review for Spectre. Uh, if this is going to be Daniel Craig's last Bond, I definitely want to check it out. And I am pumped to review it for you guys i'm curious though and i want to ask do you guys prefer the written reviews we do on rageworks or do you want me to review the films in audio or video format with the minority film report let me know what you guys think i'm curious to see if that works Uh, just testing out a couple of different things i don't mind writing a review of course especially for movies that i enjoy but i think that if i can just record it in 30 minutes 20 minutes and give you guys the same stuff that it might be better off. Again, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Drop me a line either via social media or via email, mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. We got some updates for John Wick 2, which is going to start filming uh, within the next couple of months. The film now has a villain that will be opposite of Keanu Reeves' John Wick, and that villain is set to be played by Common. Uh, Common is... Of course, a very, very underrated actor, of course, primarily known for his rap, his rap album, you know, his rap music. But Common is a very, very, very underrated actor. He's been in in quite a few films. Definitely check out his IMDb listing because he's always one of those guys that his performances are good enough that he just blends into the background. 
I'm curious to see how well he does opposite Keanu Reeves. I mean, John Wick was a tremendous movie. It was definitely a sleeper for many people. And as more and more people saw it, including yours truly, you realize that, holy shit, that movie was tremendous. Um, in addition to Keanu Reeves coming back for John Wick 2, Ian McShane will be coming back. For those of you that don't remember, he played Winston, the owner of the Continental, which was the hotel for assassins, which, of course, had the no-killing rule. But I don't want to spoil too much. If you haven't seen John Wick, please give it a shot. Check it out. It is tremendous. Looking forward to seeing Common mix it up with Keanu Reeves when John Wick heads to theaters later on and i believe the slate is for 20 late late 2016 if so if i'm wrong of course i'll give you guys a more accurate date once i get it in some small screen news victor freeze is heading to gotham uh nathan darrow from house of cards is set to play victor freeze and we will be seeing his debut in the series of course in december how fitting for two for two episodes in gotham's current season Uh, Looking forward to seeing how that pans out. I think that, you know, Gotham has done a great job establishing certain characters. The Penguin, of course, being one of the best thus far. The Riddler is slowly, slowly stepping into a character that we all know and love. So looking forward to that as well. Uh, The continued descent into madness for Edward Nygma has been something that has been um, very well executed in Gotham thus far. Gotham has its hit and misses. But this current season has been surprisingly solid thus far. I really like uh, Theo Gallivan. I like the the Easter eggs with the Order of Saint Dumas and the you know the possibility of seeing Azriel. There's a lot of good stuff in there. Give Gotham a shot if you haven't. It takes a takes a couple of episodes to grow on you, but it definitely does step it up in this current season. But again, Victor Freeze debuting in Gotham in December. In some sequel news, and this shouldn't come as a shocker, it looks like Elizabeth Banks will be heading back into the director's chair for Pitch Perfect 3. As of right now, it looks to hit theaters August 4th, 2017. Pitch Pitch Perfect's first film earned $113 million worldwide, and its sequel brought in $286 million worldwide on a $30 million budget. So, with that said, it is a no-brainer that we're going to get another pitch perfect film but the cool thing is that at least elizabeth banks is helming this film and for people that are into that series i'm sure you guys will be excited about it lockdown august 4th 2017 for pitch perfect very excited of course because of course today besides being halloween is the debut of ash versus evil dead on stars of course following bruce campbell's ash from evil dead as he continues to deliver one-liners and kick ass against deadites um, looking forward to it i've seen some really great stuff thus far there was a uh, four minutes of the of the show that was put out recently lots of little videos lots of really cool trailers that are available if you have stars check it out i believe that they aired it at midnight on stars this morning i should say at 12 at 12 midnight this morning and i was annoyed i was like fuck because it was like 12 15 when i saw that it was playing but it will be airing again tonight at 9 p.m. on Stars. Check your local listings to make sure, but it looks like it's going to be 9 p.m. here on the East Coast right after Da Vinci's Demons, which I've been watching. A pretty enjoyable show, which is actually on its last season. So really looking forward to seeing Bruce Campbell on the small screen mix it up. 
you're going to see, of course, him as Ash. Lucy Lawless is going to be there as well. And we're going to see a lot of chainsaws, shotguns, and crazy one-liners. I am excited. I am pumped. And I'll definitely try to share my impressions of the show with you guys during next week's episode. We got some Guardians of the Galaxy news as well as uh, Palm Clementif is slated to play a major role in the film. All signs, though, are pointing to her playing Mantis. Uh, Deadline is reporting pretty much that that is the character she's going to be playing. Uh, curious to see if that is the case. Mantis, of course, is the daughter of Libra, who is a hero in the you know Marvel space universe, so to speak, and part of the Zodiac organization. She's been both an Avenger and a member of Guardians of the Galaxy, so the team may be growing with the addition of Pon Clementif. Of course, once that is confirmed, I will let you guys know for sure, but Deadline is reporting that she will be playing Mantis. In addition to that, there was an interesting rumor from Variety, well, an interesting piece from Variety, that Matthew McConaughey was approached for a role as the main villain in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but he actually passed on the role. So with regards to that, we did get one new addition with regards to Mantis, but we did not get a villain yet as Matthew McConaughey has passed on the opportunity. I'm pretty bummed out. McConaughey's a good actor. I think he'd fit well in the Marvel Universe. I know that many people were really amped up about the rumors that he would play Norman Osborn in a Spider-Man film. But who knows? We'll see what happens. I think that as the necessity for, uh, you, you know, as the as more and more Marvel Studios films become multi-million dollar blockbusters, we're going to start seeing more quote-unquote serious actors throwing their hat into the ring to want to be part of it. And, you know, Hugh Jackman, of course, did it with Wolverine, Ian McKellen with Magneto, Patrick Stewart as Professor X, same thing with Fassbender, as Mag- as younger Magneto, et cetera, et cetera. You know, actors are, are seeing that these films aren't just, they're not blemishes on their careers. In some cases, they may be defining moments. Look at, look at Tobey Maguire. Look at Andrew Garfield. These guys, even though they, they have their own detractors, they are remembered for bringing Spider-Man to life. So their contributions can't be ignored. We'll see what happens. McConaughey may get another role in a Marvel Studios production, but he will not be a villain in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's for damn sure. In some other Marvel news, Ant-Man continues to break records as it has broke the $500 million mark in the global box office thus far. Now, of course, Ant-Man has generated $179 million here. Domestically, it's already off to an incredible start in China where it made $86.4 million in just 12 days of its release. Again, the smaller, more obscure Marvel characters, I stand by the fact that if they're done right, the story's told in a compelling fashion, that people will tune in. I mean, I read Guardians of the Galaxy when I was a hardcore comic reader. It was, it was okay. I didn't hate it. I just knew that they were always going to be involved when big shit went down in the in you know in the space universe whether it was the infinity gauntlet infinity war infinity crusade etc etc you knew that the guardians were going to be involved and you had to read their books i was never not a fan but i was never super into them and the movie just just blew my mind like it ends up being it ended up becoming one of my 
one of my top three favorite Marvel movies thus far. The soundtrack, the the dialogue, everything was just spot on. I loved it. And, you know, to, to see that and to see Ant-Man make it make a nice make a nice niche for itself is cool. I mean, many of us thought that Ant-Man was going to be a dud. Did I feel that it was amazing? I felt it was good and they did a lot of good things, but it definitely was not one of my one of my favorites. I liked it. I, I'm definitely, you know, I'm buying it on on Blu-ray to support Marvel and to support the, the cinematic properties. And I'll definitely watch it again because it's one of those movies that, unlike others, will probably grow on you with repeated viewing. That happened with um, Iron Man 3. I didn't think Iron Man 3 was amazing, but the more I watched it, the more I enjoyed it, and the more I enjoyed, you know, Robert Downey Jr.'s work in that film. So I think Ant-Man's going to be one of those that will continue to improve with repeated viewing. On the DC side of things, I am pleased to announce that Chris Pine has finally confirmed that he is going to be in Wonder Woman as Steve Trevor. Uh, this is something that we've been bouncing around for the last couple of months. Is he, isn't he, is he going to play Green Lantern? Who's he going to play? Well, it is official. Chris Pine will be in Wonder Woman as Steve Trevor. Now the question is, will he be, he be Steve Trevor the love interest or Steve Trevor who works alongside Wonder Woman? That is is going to be very interesting because again you can throw the love interest in there and that's fine but do we need the whole love story vibe personally i don't think it's necessary i think that we can tell a story without any sort of romance or any sort of craziness just a a good comic book story and i'm going to be watching this very closely again dc is is running full bore into their cinematic universe with suicide squad Batman versus Superman, Wonder Woman, et cetera, et cetera. They're just trying to crank them all out to establish this universe in the blink of an eye. Will it will it be successful? We're going to have to wait and see. But a lot of people, the buzz for Suicide Squad has been mostly positive with a couple of people not fans of the Joker's look or Harley's look, et cetera. But me personally, I'm not going to I'm not going to I'm not going to completely dismiss the looks of the characters. I have my issues with them, but those films are definitely going to be a wait and see before I give you guys my genuine take on the, on the properties as a whole. Anyway, this, this next bit of news I was really, really, really excited for because this is a movie I end up watching. It's, it ended up becoming a Christmas classic for me. And we, we all have them, you know, whether it's, you know, the Santa Claus or, the, the Santa Claus movie with Dudley Moore or Miracle on 34th Street or Scrooged with Bill Murray. We all have that one holiday movie we love and we can never get enough of. Some people like to joke around and say that theirs was, is Batman Returns or, or the second Die Hard. For me, I got to say that over the last few years, it's been a, a toss up between Jingle All the Way, which is a guilty pleasure. Don't judge me. And uh, Miracle on 34th Street and Bad Santa. Bad Santa has grown on me because it had so many fucked up things about it. But the cast was just tremendous. Bernie Mac was amazing. Um, the late John Ritter. Billy Bob Thornton, of course, in rare form. Well, happy to report that we are getting a Bad Santa 2 with a scheduled release of the of the 2016 holiday season. So very excited to report that for you guys. Uh, seeing Billy Bob Thornton back as, 
as you know, grouchy ass Willie is, is definitely something I cannot wait to see. Will it capture everything that the original Bad Santa did? That, my friends, is always the the thing that we got to concern ourselves with. But I enjoyed Bad Santa so much that I'm willing to watch a sequel that hopefully is as good as the original. So there you have it, guys. Bad Santa 2 coming holiday 2016. In some reboot news, and you guys may view this in, in the what the fuck category, we already know that we're getting a Ghostbusters reboot with a female cast. Well... It seems that we are also getting an Ocean's Eleven reboot with a female cast, which is insane because Ocean's Eleven came out in 2001. Again, 14 years ago, did we really need a reboot from a movie that from a series that started 14 years ago? No. Now, it looks like the reboot, of course, is going to be female led, as I said, with Sandra Bullock as the leader of the group. Now, the funny thing is that they're actually looking to tie it into the established Ocean's Eleven series, and George Clooney and Steven Soderbergh are rumored to be involved as well, and Clooney may even appear in a cameo as Danny Ocean. Again, not that I not that I feel it shouldn't be done or it needs to be done, but I just don't think that it's been it's been that long that Ocean's Eleven, Twelve, and Thirteen were in theaters that were already getting a reboot. Now, I understand that the buzzword is, oh, you know, we're going to do a a female Ghostbusters or a female Ocean's Eleven, and that's fine, but I just think that you're not... See, with Ghostbusters getting rebooted, Ghostbusters is a a legendary series, a legendary franchise, and it's been long enough that you could try a reboot, and if it works, great. If it doesn't, then one and done. But Ocean's Eleven, it's only been 14 years since, you know, the, the, the amazing one that was done with Brad Pitt and George Clooney and a who's who of, of great acting talent. So I just I just don't think it's necessary. I'm not saying that that we don't have there won't be a market for it or Sandra Bullock won't crush it because she's a great actress. But do we really need a reboot of Ocean's Eleven? My my honest my honest answer. No, we don't. But again, it's one of those things where. It's in development. They haven't they haven't aligned all the pieces yet, but it is going to happen. On the small screen side of things, two last bits of news to wrap things up. First of all, in addition to us seeing Victor Freeze on Gotham, we are also going to be seeing Dr. Hugo Strange, who is going to be played by the very, very awesome B.D. Wong, who many of you may have seen recently in Jurassic World or in Mr. Robot, which his role in Mr. Robot was bananas but um bd wong is a solid actor really curious to see what what he brings to the table in order to bring dr hugo strange to life of course he's going to be a character that's going to be starting off as somebody that's there to quote unquote help but he's really there to hurt so um really looking forward to seeing what bd wong brings to the table i think that he's going to crush it as hugo strange and i'm looking forward to seeing how he mixes it up with james gordon and Harvey Bullock on Gotham. Once I get an official debut for the Hugo Strange character, I will let you guys know, but I can tell you that I am excited to see it. Simple as that. And of course, this should come as a shocker to no one, but AMC has announced that they are renewing The Walking Dead for a seventh season. Gee, you think? The series has been the number one show on television for adults 18 to 49 for the last three years. 
In addition to renewing The Walking Dead, they also renewed Talking Dead, hosted by Chris Hardwick as well. Again, this this isn't even a shock. I mean, The Walking Dead has been off to an incredible start. Really crazy shit going on. Um, a really a really interesting debate about the fate of a of a particular character, which I'm not going to spoil for those of you that haven't seen it yet. But the show's done a tremendous job introducing the wolves and and really really making you invested in the characters. Unlike Fear the Walking Dead, which if any of the if, if the entire cast got killed in an explosion during a scene in the film and the credits rolled, I wouldn't give a shit because there's there's no you can't connect with the characters on Fear the Walking Dead the same way you can connect with the characters from The Walking Dead. That's just my take on it. I feel that Fear the Walking Dead, it's okay, but it could definitely be better. Anyway, with that, that is going to wrap up the entertainment segment of the week, and it is also going to wrap up episode 323 of My Take Radio. So with that, let's get the hell out of here, shall we? You've just heard My Take Radio episode 323, powered by Rageworks, recorded on Saturday, October 31st, 2015. If you have any questions, concerns, or feedback, or would like to be a guest on an episode of My Take Radio, drop me a line at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter at My Take Radio, on Facebook at Official Rageworks, Google+, Pinterest, And if you're an Instagram user, you can follow me there, RageWorks underscore Rich. All right, guys. So I've given you my take on MMA. Ooh, on MMA. (laughs) I've given you my take on gaming and entertainment for this week. We will be back next Wednesday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for our MMA and wrestling edition. And, of course, you can join us Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific for our gaming and entertainment edition. On behalf of myself, and the rest of the Rageworks and MTR team, thank you guys for checking out and downloading episode 323. I am out of here. Peace. I'm rich, bitch. That's all, folks.